Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Your Story Matters Here podcast, a ministry of Dewtill Church in Cranberry Township, Pennsylvania. My name is Tom Parkinson. I'm the senior pastor at Dewtill Church, and we're so grateful that you've taken the time to listen to this podcast today. At Your Story Matters Here, we believe that we can see the fingerprints of God in the stories of people in our church and people in our community. And so every month on the second Thursday of the month, we drop a new interview with somebody from our church or from our community. We hope that you'll click subscribe or like on whatever platform you're listening to and that you'll follow along with the podcast. Today, I'm very excited to welcome the second guest to the Your Story Matters Here podcast. Uh, He is new in his role in Cranberry Township, but not new to Cranberry Township. He became the township uh, manager in 2021, but started his Cranberry journey back in 1991. We're excited to welcome to the podcast Cranberry Township Manager, Dan Santoro. Hi, Dan. Thank you. Welcome. Uh, Great to be here. Oh, we're so glad that you're here today, Dan. You're in summer mode. What's summer like for a township manager? Oh, well, it's construction season. So, you know, it's the cones and barrels. Uh, you know, we do our own types of types of transportation, construction, parks and parks construction. So it's construction season and we're getting ready for the summer festivals, community days and those kinds of things also. It's uh, construction season, which means cones and barrels and headaches, I'm sure. It, it does for sure. Right. Uh, you got to manage uh, the traffic. You got to manage the construction projects. So, It comes with headaches, but uh, as they say, temporary inconvenience, permanent improvement. That's right. We say in my house, you can't make something beautiful without making a mess first. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Messes turn into something beautiful. So, well, Dan, one of the things that really interests me about your story is that you grew up in Western Pennsylvania. You're a native of Manesson. And when you went to school, from your undergraduate through your master's work, you were studying regional planning. You were st- studying to to do what you do today, public management. And I'm just interested, how did you get interested in that? And now you've given pretty much your whole professional life to that career field. How did that, uh, what, what kind of started that desire in you? Yeah, so that's a pretty uh, funny story, I would say, because you would think that, uh, you know, my undergraduate degree was planning. Um, so you would think that it came about as a part of a plan, but that's really not the truth of how it happened. You know, my undergraduate, um, path was I uh, went to college to, on a football scholarship, I went to play football, uh, and, uh, was not real sure what I wanted to do, um, in in my life. And, and, And in fact had declared to be a phys ed, uh, teacher major. I thought I was going to be a, you know, a a gym teacher and maybe a coach. I enjoyed, you know, coaching things like that. And I candidly happened to wander into an elective class that was regional planning, community planning. And I, I, that one class, um, so intrigued me. I thought, wow, this is really a career. It was something that really sort of, um, resonated with me. Um, uh, you know, I think part of it is maybe the community I grew up in and how tight knit and how, you know, uh, you know, you grow up in a community um, and and thought, wow, this is something I'm interested in. Uh, with After one semester, I switched my major, went over to the regional planning, regional community planning major, and the rest is sort of history. I, you know, uh, you know, finished my undergraduate degree, um, started my career in local government in a different community, actually not too far from where I grew up, medicine down in Mon Valley, California, California, PA. I was the zoning officer and code enforcement officer there. Uh, and, uh, was there for a few years and, uh, 
and then uh, ultimately took a job here in Cranberry in 91, and the rest is history. I mean, during that period of time, I went back and secured a master's degree while I was working full-time. I got a master's in public management um, uh, because I knew it was my calling. After having come here uh, to work in uh, in the early 90s, uh, I knew that uh, it is, this is something that I I wanted to uh, spend my life doing, you know, my career doing. I, I love to hear that you said there was no plan at the start because I think – particularly for young people today, we sometimes think I got to have the roadmap when I'm 16, 17, 18 years old, and I got to know exactly what my calling is and where I'm going. But for you, it was, hey, I want to play football, and IUP's the place I can go play football, that, right? right. And, yep. and, and you go try something, and when you try something, you learn. And when you learn, you begin to discover your call. And I, I think your story is actually – there's so many people that can tell that story. I had no idea I was going to end up down this path, but I tried something. Right. Right. Yeah. It was, it was, uh, certainly, um, you know, uh, I'm glad, uh, that I gave something to try and it, and like I said, I, yeah, there was no, no plan. Right. And I think there is some, some wisdom in that, in that you, you don't, you know, especially at that age, right. You don't know where you're going to, where you're headed or where you're going and you should, uh, keep an open mind. You know, you might think you're on a particular path. I thought I was on a path to be a phys ed teacher, but I really wasn't, right? So in the journey here, 30-plus you know, uh, years later, uh, totally different path for sure. And you did play football at IEP. I did play football so at IEP. if you don't mind me asking, what year was that? So I, I, was, uh, I graduated. I, went, I played at 83 through 87 in, at IUP. Was the team good then? Uh, they were very good, right? Nationally ranked Division II uh, football team, football program uh, during the years I was there, yeah. Well, I grew up in Indiana, so I watched a lot of IUP games when yeah. I was a kid. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. That's yeah. pretty cool. So you you came to the township in 1991. You were working in the planning and zoning department. You spent a good long run here, took a little bit of a break to do some work in the private sector, and then came back in 2017 as assistant township manager. And so when you took over for uh, Jerry Andre, who's a member of this church and much beloved in this community, when you took over for Jerry two years ago, in some ways there was nobody who was more ready for that role because you've known the township and you've seen the transformation that's taken place here in the last 30 years. But I'm interested. Uh, you knew what you were getting into, but nobody really knows what they're getting into. In, in the two years that you've been in this role, what's been the most surprising thing to you? Hmm. That's a great question, right? And I would say to you that, yeah, in my all my years at um, Cranberry, um, you know, Jerry was a great mentor to me. Um, even uh, in the early years, uh, in my uh, uh, my sabbatical, as I call it, into the private sector, I, I still stayed close. I was still working in the local government space. And then when I came back with the intent of, you know, ultimately – uh, ascending to that that position, um, you know, I, I thought I I knew um, everything there was to know, but there it is different when you move into that um, that that seat uh, as the township manager. You know, it's funny. I have a conversation. I've had this conversation with Jerry since uh, since I've moved into the seat. It is different, right? The pressures are different, right? There, the um, you know, being in that place in a way that you don't really understand until you're in that role. Um, so, um, you know, that, that piece of it, it, it was, you know, 
Um, somewhat of a surprise. I guess I shouldn't have been surprised there. But other than that, I mean, it's a great community. It's a great elected board. Uh, the uh, the the uh, the path that this community has traveled, and the and the history here, and the you know it, um, the the place that we are as a community is uh, clearly set up for success for the long term. And in you know uh, continuing to manage and steward that that future is, I think, one of the primary goals of the role. Yeah, I think pressure comes with leadership. Yeah. It's not that you're blind to that, but until the issues are on your desk or the critical phone calls are in your inbox, it's hard to really feel what that right. what that pressure is. The one thing I know, I think this is true in a lot of organizations, but I think it's true in our community is people genuinely love it here. They do. I, ever since I've moved here seven years ago, people love it in Cranberry Township. But I think in your leadership role, you see when there's a problem, people let you know about it, you know, and, <laughs> and sometimes it can be easy to be like only seeing the problems and you can, it, so you have to do a lot to kind of keep your eyes on like, Hey, this is a great place to live and people do love it here. And we are doing a lot of things right. Yeah. I think that's so true, Tom. I, I think that, um, you know, uh, it's easy to get caught up in, um, the fringe of, you know, those who are dissatisfied about. Uh, any particular topic or issue, uh, and there are lots of them, right? Um, it's easy to get caught up in that, and especially in today's social media world, you know, uh, my wife has to tell me, put the phone down, don't pay attention to next door. So that, you know, it's time to <laughs> yes, stop looking yes. at that, right? And you have to recognize that is a small percentage or a percentage of, of uh, um, you know, what's happening. I, mean, I think by and large, people are happy here. That doesn't mean you don't stop paying attention, right? You know, in this role in, in local government, it is really understanding and keeping a finger on the pulse of what's going on. You don't want to miss something that is an important topic in the community also. So it is important to stay in touch, but you can't get wrapped up in, you know, no matter what the decision is, there will be someone, obviously, that's unhappy with that, right? There's no, there's no 100% now, in this world. Dan, Dan, I'm a pastor. I've I've never experienced a group of people where somebody's unhappy. It's never happened. <laughs> Not sure I believe that. <laughs> it never happens. It happens, right? Because people That's are right, people, right? right? right. Uh, it's it, and I think it's a beautiful thing, and I think one of the beautiful challenges of leadership is, you know, being willing to face the problems, you know, not denying them, being willing to face the problems, but also being willing to celebrate the successes. Yeah. And I do think this community does a good job of celebrating successes. We cut a lot of ribbons in this place. We celebrate when local businesses open up. We celebrate when we have, you know, accomplishments in our parks and rec programs and. You know, I think that's that's part of what it is to be a leader. It's you got to celebrate the success and face the problems, and you got to do it all in the same day. Well, I, I absolutely agree with that, right? If I, you know, I learned a long time ago, uh, you know, if if you know, uh, and, and from my predecessor, right, in um, in, in uh, the, all the things that were going on, if if you're not telling your story as a community or whatever the organization is you belong with. Um, Someone else is, and it might not be the narrative that that is the one that is appropriate or you think, right? So uh, it's important that you are celebrating those successes, telling the story, communicating to the community of the things that are going on. And it's not, um, you know, in nowadays, a 145-character post on some social media site that, you know, becomes somehow the truth of what's going on in the community. So it is really important, even more important, uh, I think, is... Uh, as uh, we've sort of evolved in the social media age, right? It really is important. Yeah. Well, I'm, I want to give you a chance to t talk a little bit about your story 
and particularly your vision for Cranberry Township. So you've been in the manager's role now for two years. And, you know, we've, we've had this thing called the Cranberry Plan for, for decades that's been kind of guiding the development of the township. But I want you to share with us, you know, what's your vision for the next 10 years in Cranberry? And if you could maybe even pick, you know, two or three key opportunities you think our community has, that if we seize hold of these opportunities, it's really going to set us up for the next decade. Yeah. So that's a great question, right? Um, well, I am a big believer in the plan. I was here when we started that, uh, the planning initiatives early on, I would say the elected officials and and the community started back in the mid-90s where we sort of wrestled control, the growth, uh, the path of this community back. So have been involved in that planning uh, for a lot of years. So I'm a strong believer in a strong plan because if you don't have a plan and know where you're going, you know, where you're going to end up, right? So, uh, but I think some of the opportunities, right? Um, I think we need to continue to work and focus on planning initiatives. I think we need to be looking 10 and 15 years out. So on the planning side, I think uh, in the not too distant future, it'll be time for some updates to the to the plan. I think we've been working on those in pieces. Um, you know, uh, I talk about, you know, redevelopment of the commercial core of Cranberry Township and everybody wonders, what are you talking about? Why are we talking about redevelopment? Um, and, you know, uh, because it's healthy and it continues to be healthy, it is, and it will continue to be for the next decade or two or more. Uh, until it's not. And, um, you know, we're looking at things like the way we shop is changing. What does that mean to a strong commercial core in a community like Cranberry? We're changing the way we work. You know, what does that mean towards, you know, to the office parks and things like that? So I think answering those questions from a planning perspective, they're not threats in five years or even 10 years, but they are things that we need to be thinking about long-term. Um, but in terms of, um, you know, uh, the exciting opportunities on the horizon, right? There's a couple of things going on that I think are really exciting, right? Um, you know, we're going through a comprehensive parks, recreation, and open space plan. Um, you know, um, that is all about the quality of life amenities and assets that this community um, uh, offers to the residents. Those are the things that are um, that drive a family-friendly community. So continuing to focus on those things in the next five to 10 years that um, are important to continue to make this a great place uh, to live and raise a family um, are important. Some of the things I think that uh, we've recently worked on and are going to continue to look to, towards in the future is the Powell Farm. That's an exciting opportunity. Township acquired that you know uh, 80 acre farm here uh, uh, not too long ago, and turning that into a public amenity where the the community can enjoy uh, in, in a way that is appropriate and preserving its agricultural roots and history um, is a really exciting opportunity. I think coming out of this uh, comprehensive parks, recreation, open space plan, the question becomes: What is the next, um, you know, uh, opportunity in terms of recreational assets or amenities like what's next right the there has been talk in the past about a you know a community center or a, a recreation center or an art center you know where does that fit in the um the community is that something the community embraces is something that we should look at uh, i think that you know uh, as as we continue to look at the population here you know is that something this community wants or needs or 
would like to have and working through that sort of uh, that that uh, sort of question and public process, you know, to get keen input. So those are some, some exciting sort of opportunities. Those I really think that the next five to ten years continue to focus on those quality of life amenities and assets. I, I love I love a lot of what you shared. I especially love the forward looking vision. You know, I think as a resident of the community, I, I drive past retail spaces that are buzzing with shoppers and I don't think about, you know, how the change in the way we do retail now, how that's going to change my community, you know, and, and I actually talked about this in a sermon a few weeks ago. I look at the Century 3 Mall, which 20 years ago was buzzing mm-hmm. uh, with millions and millions of dollars of sales and all kinds of jobs and activity. And now 20 years later, it's a wasteland. And I'm like, well, who was, who was asking the question 20 years ago, what's next for this mall space? Right. And, you know, it's, I, I, I take comfort in knowing that our community leaders are saying, Hey, what's this all going to look like 20 or 30 years from now, because the world is changing around us. And if we're not positioned to change with it, you know, things can change for the, for the, Negative pretty quickly yeah. uh, in in community life. Yeah, that that is that is uh, something that the t- uh, the community the township has always focused on is that forward looking. You know what what is uh, what's next on the horizon? Not just making the board doesn't just make decisions on what's happening today or tomorrow or the next three or five years. And those are important considerations. But also we need to always be looking long term. The other big question here when I talk about those things, right, is uh, with changing technology is traffic, right? The the way we, um, um, you know, get around is changing because of technology. We we already know, um, and we already use technology where you know vehicles communicate with traffic signals, and you know we all know the autonomous vehicles out there and somewhere in the horizon, and who knows what that means. But that will drastically change as that technology changes the way we move about communities and and how traffic moves about communities. And we're always trying to stay in front of that, the cutting edge of what, what is out there traffic transportation wise. Yeah. That's out there on the horizon, but it's, there's some exciting stuff and scary stuff. Like I am not ready for driverless cars. Yeah. I'm I'm not sure I am. I'm too much of a control freak for that. (laughs) I'm not sure I am either. Um, Though when I was in the consulting world and I was driving back and forth to Harrisburg, you know, four and five times a month. I thought it'd be nice to maybe let the car drive and read a book or get ready for yeah, the meeting I'm going yeah. to. You, you know? can see the benefits of <laughs> yeah, it. That's true. Until something goes wrong. That's right? right. Yeah. So one of the things that really touched me when I moved here seven years ago, um, pastor in this community that's new to me, it's a big community, growing community. And within about a month after I was here, I got this invitation to a four pillars reception in which I learned that in Cranberry Township, we build around four pillars uh, of our community and that our faith communities are actually considered one of the four pillars. And I was blown away by this because I thought, you know, I've never been a part of a community that was so hospitable to faith communities. And as a pastor, that really meant a lot to me. So I thought it might be good for just to hear from you a little bit, you know, what do you see as the role of our faith communities in Cranberry and helping to build a sustainable and healthy community for the future. Yeah. So, um, you know, community, as we know, is made up of many, many different, different aspects and all those aspects have to be healthy in order for a healthy community, a sustainable community, long time, long term, you know, the faith, faith, 
faith-based community I th- serves a really important role in any community, right? Um, um, and coming alongside the community in terms of providing that support, that need in areas that surface along the way, it's just such a such an important role. You know, it's funny, you know, we see it uh, a lot, I would say, on the back end of communities, uh, the communities that are struggling, right? Like think about the urban communities that we think about that are maybe struggling. You see a lot of uh, faith-based organizations trying to rise up in those communities, right? And, and trying to support those communities, you know, um, and, and, and uh, provide the support and services that they need, right? So we think about that and, that, and that's normal, right? People don't think twice about that. Um, why isn't that same true for a growing community like Cranberry, right? The, having the faith-based community ingrained in everything we do and providing that support as we go along is, is just an important part of everything we do, right? Um, um, you know, Dutil's involvement uh, in, in um, some of the efforts that, that uh, um, the community is engaged in, the diversity initiatives, right? Uh, there's all types of, you know, you hosted uh, here the human trafficking event, uh, all of those things that are relevant topics that, you know, are difficult to deal with and, and having the faith-based community come alongside, um, you know, other institutions in the community is just an important part of what makes a great community. Yeah. And, and, you know, Dan, a lot of people probably don't know this, but in 2017, when our leadership team at Dutil Church was going through a visioning process, um, you know, you actually came in and spent some time with our team and facilitated a conversation with our team to help us crystallize what we felt God was calling us to as a church. And so uh, at that time, it was really the first time I got to meet you and get to know you. And it helped me to see that not only are you a leader in our community, but you're also, you care a lot about all of the organizations in our community and you're willing to work behind the scenes to help them. We didn't pay you a penny for your help, by the way, as I recall, we didn't pay you a penny for your help. Um, But I also know that personally, you have your own values that drive you. And I know that you're a man of faith yourself. So what if you just might take a moment and talk about how does your personal faith uh, animate and motivate your day-to-day work in the township? Yeah, I think it's very, very important for um, working in the public realm that, you know, there's a moral compass, right? And, um, you know, you are driven by that moral compass. And, and my moral compass is set by my faith um, and in influences everything I do and, and how I go about uh, what I do. And I, I think that's so important, right? So, uh, you know, um, it's what drives sort of how you act, how you how you function, how you work, right? So, and that's driven by my faith and having grown up uh, in a, you know, a family that was, um, you know, uh, regular churchgoers and, you know, that was instilled at me in, in a very young age and um, having, a, having a, a vision or a compass as to where you're headed all the time is important and then how it influences the decisions you make on a day-to-day basis. Well, and it shows. And I think, you know, one of the things that I appreciate in my time collaborating with you is um, your values come through. You value people. I see that clearly. Um, You you value treating people with respect and fairness and dignity. And even when we disagree about issues and in any community, you're going to have disagreements about that. There's a there's a value for people that's really evident in our township. And that starts with leadership. And I appreciate that from you. 
Um, so we got to close our time, but I want to give you a chance to talk about this because today is an exciting day. The day that we're recording this, or the day that we're releasing this podcast, rather, is the opening of this year's Community Days Festival, July 13th to 15th at Cranberry Township Community Park. Tell us, what are you most looking forward to at Community Days this year? You know, Community Days has and will continue to be a celebration of community, right? The, the thing that is uh, um, uh, most exciting is really bringing together of the community, right? The, you know, uh, it's, uh, it's an event put on uh, in part by the township, but spearheaded by uh, the Cranberry Township Community Chess, CTCC, which is a group of you know, organization that tries to bring together nonprofit organizations that provide service to the community, but also the business community, all of those four pillars. I think that's a real place where you see those four pillars come together and work together. Um, but it's such a great family event, you know, um, uh, a time to see your neighbors get together, uh, you know, uh, break bread, if you will, or, or, um, you know, really uh, engage in, in, in the community. That's the thing I think is most exciting about it. It is a celebration of community and all the elements of community. And that kicks off with our four pillars reception that's coming up on uh, next week. And uh, well, uh, I guess when we release the, the podcast here, it'll just have been done. But so it's uh, it's uh, exciting, and we're looking forward to another great year this year. Well, I, I, I really look forward to it every year, and I want to encourage anyone listening, especially if you're new to the Cranberry community, please make an effort either tonight, tomorrow, or Saturday. Stop out at Community Days. There's great food, got rides and games for kids, great entertainment, lots of community groups there with different booths and displays, great way to meet old friends and make new ones. Uh, we love Community Days in our house, and I hope everybody will make time for it. Dan, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, we really appreciate you coming on to the podcast. And friends, uh, you can check out this podcast every month, uh, second Thursday of the month, and we'll look forward to seeing ne you next month. In the meantime, thanks so much for joining us on Your Story Matters here, and we'll see you soon. <laughs>